the social life. It's the Darren Show. The Darren Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Darren Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Darren Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Darren Show. This week, I have uh, a very, a very, very good guest. Um, very mysterious guest. Uh, you, I, I, I think that most of you know this guy by name. Maybe you've seen him once in a while. Maybe you've seen a, a, a small little uh, box where he's there. Maybe you listen to the patron cast. Maybe you know him from there. But uh, I think uh, this is truly a man of mystery that I've brought on with me today. And uh, that is Scott St. Pierre. How you doing, Scott? Great. How are you, Taryn? I am. I am fantastic. Very excited to be talking to you, Scott. Uh, you, uh, how, how would you? What would you say your your role is in RHAP? Uh, good question. Um, uh, I have a few different hats I wear, I guess. Uh, with Rob and the main channel, I am his uh, editor producer on a number of his shows, and then on the reality TV wrap ups, I am uh, basically, I guess you call the managing partner of it, because so, Rob and I started that uh, channel together, and then uh, to create a, a location for people who wanted to host their own podcast that, you know, were friends of, of the podcast. And, and, and we just wanted to give them that, that sort of venue, like, like yourself, who has, of course, risen to the, to the top and has become a very uh, integral part of that, of that channel. Yes. Uh, um, you, uh, you were somebody that I knew about uh, before I started Rob's podcast, but I didn't like, I, I ne- I'd never seen your face. I just yes. I just always heard Rob saying thank you to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes. Uh it's like that's the line. Uh do you do you appreciate the thanks? I, I you know I, I do. I do appreciate it. I don't expect it. <laughs> but uh when it when it happens it's uh, it's always it's nice. Um you know uh definitely the in terms of the man of mystery uh, it just reminds me of uh and, you know, I'm not going to go in chronological order for everything, but uh, when when you and I were in uh, Chicago if you recall and uh for the uh, Rapcon the first mm-hmm. one, and uh, I just remember uh, being in the room and how the everyone, all, how they treat Rob because you know Rob is the star of the show, and and uh, you know they want pictures with him, they want to talk to him, that type of thing, and, and then to see uh, yourself and the other uh, you know live feed correspondents that were there. The, how they were treated as well by the audience like you were you've become uh, a, a bit of a celebrity at least in our you know little pond and uh and how they're treating you but then when some people found out who the strange guy by the uh, audio equipment was all of a sudden some people wanted pictures with me and they wanted to ask me a whole bunch of questions and that was just like it was it was very nice but definitely not expected i i you know thought i would continue in the uh, in the shadows even when we were in chicago yeah, I well I feel like uh like your name just uh just gets embedded in people's brains because you know it's, it's thank you Scott St. Pierre, you know? Yes. Uh it's, it's uh it's you're just so present in every podcast. It, it, um, what, it, what it really means is I I have no life, so I have the time to give to it. So. <laughs> yes, uh I remember when I first started uh podcasting and I I would go on like the live shows and I was like, "Oh, hey, there's Scott. Uh and he's going to like help us out." Uh, I still to this day when I'm doing shows, I'm like, "Man, I wish I had a uh, a Scott St. Pierre helping me out with questions because that's hard stuff." Uh well, you got you do a great job with the questions though. So uh so I never really uh worry about it too much. It's like some of these guys have it under control, you know, and and I know that uh I know Rob appreciates it at least, you know, he mentions it when I'm not there too that how much uh then the next time he how much he appreciates uh when I am there, I guess. 
Yes. Uh, so tell me, uh, how did you uh, get involved in uh, not just RHAP, but like, how did you start with, um, you know, like with audio and with editing and like everything that you do with uh, with your work? Well, I'm uh, I'm a school teacher uh, by, uh, you know, profession, I guess my day job. And I taught um, I would teach a lot of uh, classes on uh, production and that's in area that would include some parts of production. It was something just I was always interested in and took, you know, minimal classes in university. It's mostly self-taught. But, um, but yeah, I, I just uh, I enjoyed uh, doing those types of things. And then when we uh, my best friend and I were teaching together at a high school here in Saskatoon and uh, we found that our department was shrinking and shrinking where students signing up for it. And we felt it was the the options we were providing them. And so we decided to uh, pitch the idea that we should uh, create a digital photography program and a, and a communication media program at the school. And it just at the right time turned out there was some funding available from our government in the province here. And we were able to, uh, to create some, some courses around it. And so that's kind of, and once we started doing that, because both uh, uh, Ivan and myself, my best friend, uh, we were, um, we, we were both avid photographers and had started to take on contracts in photography, but also, and you, you know, for yourself too, you know how, you know, you, you do some videography, you do some audio for yourself, even though like, I think, you know, by profession, you, you have been a videographer, but I'm sure that you've been contracted to do a variety of different uh, uh, pieces of work in those areas. Right. So that, that would be uh, sort of where it started, I guess. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, Robert's podcast, I, uh, I love big brother and I used to be totally addicted to live feeds and I just love the sort of sociological side to it and, and, and the strategy people are using to uh, befriend people, but still cut their throats before, but still stay their friends so that they can be uh, the winner of the half million dollars at the end of the season. And I was looking for ways to, uh, to where people who were talking about uh, the uh, strategy online. And I came across, uh, uh, you know, I, I, will he listen to this? I don't know. I might get blackballed by him, but by evil Dick, he was doing his show. And, um, you know, honestly, I found that it, lots of times when Evil Dick's talking about things, it's always, oh, in my season, they never get away with that. Oh, in, in, uh, if I was in the house this year, they'd never get away with that. Uh, but then he mentions this, this name, Rob Sesternino. And, you know, I, I Googled it. Luckily, I, I spelt it correctly enough that I found uh, Rob because uh, Evil Dick had mentioned a comment that Rob had made. And it, that comment was like it made it was intelligent. It made a lot of sense to me. So I'm checking out Rob's show. And uh, he's still back in his first apartment where he actually had the whole setup in his living room. But um, but uh, I really enjoyed the show, you know, self-deprecating humor, interactive with his audience and things like that. And so, you know, he had great audio as well. And I was about to take over running an online school. And I wanted to know more about uh, about audio because definitely the, the irony here is the the probably the area that I was the most efficient in was audio, like video, photography, things like that. I had a lot more experience in, but audio I didn't. And so I wrote him an email and said, hey, you know, I'm about to take over running this online school and I'd, I'd love to know more about audio. Would you mind sharing with me and thinking I'll never hear back from some guy in L.A., right? So Two days later, I don't know, he must have been bored that day because he sent me this really long email. And from that point on, I just kept listening to the show. And he uh, he was looking for some help with WordPress at the time. And then I said, you know, I wrote him another note saying, hey, well, I actually I, I teach people how to how to use WordPress. I could probably help. So we started, you know, doing some Skype calls and talking about that. And then 
he was looking for some social media help. And I'm like, well, you know, people around here consider me a bit of an expert in that area. I, I could probably help out with that too. And, and so we I just started, uh, we started having like weekly calls and then we started to realize we had other things of interest because of my old job. We talked a lot about motivation and my, my job before this one, we, we uh, worked with teachers on, on what truly motivates students to uh, be successful in school. And so we did a lot of reading, a lot of uh, in that area. And Rob, of course, had uh, Audible as a sponsor. And so I'd be suggesting books, assuming that most of the world had heard them because they're fairly common books, I thought. But uh, Rob be like, oh, that's a good book. And then he'd be listening to that book. And then he'd go on air. And as he's talking about Audible, we'll recommend the book that I recommended to him. Then he'd send me another email and saying, hey, in our book club of two, what's the next book I should be listening to? And just kind of kept going from there. And then uh, I'm babbling a lot here, Taryn. Is that okay? That's how it works. Okay. <laughs> um, so then, uh, then you know, Rob one day says, you know, it's going to sound weird or whatever, but how'd you like to be one of my interns? And and you know, I kind of laughed because at that point, so I'll be a 45 year old intern, <laughs> and uh, and and that's so. And considering you know, I was an established teacher, and interns come and work with me mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, and that type of thing. But I thought, oh, sure, why not? And just from there, I just I started doing a few little you know research items, and then uh, he found out I could edit a bit, so I started editing a bit. Nicole was having a a uh, a baby so he couldn't be there so all of a sudden he needs to trust someone with all the passwords and all the back end to be able to run the show for steven and malcolm in that case and uh there i was you know running the show freaked out of my mind by the way and oh and i guess you know when uh when jessica frey couldn't uh, really do the questions as often because of course school commitments and everything for her law school and that so uh just jumping in and helping out there as well uh so yeah i those are kind of the the ways that I kind of got in there. The The funny part is three months go by because like, it was Big Brother and there was, Rob was just some guy named Rob to me. Uh, but in the fall, all the interns, they all seemed to be a lot more pumped about Survivor. I couldn't figure out exactly why. And then it, then I sort of realized that, oh, you know, Rob was, Sestrino was was on Survivor <laughs> twice. Like I three months went by, I had t- talking to this guy, talking about, uh, you know, how to do podcasts, talking about WordPress, all these things. I had no idea he had been on Survivor. Oh man, that's uh that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh so like so you uh you just thought this was like uh like a guy talking talking about these shows just uh just a dude. Just a guy like me interested in the uh in the strategy on Big Brother, really. There you go. Uh so like how did it feel like um did it feel like something that was really like big at the time or did it feel just kind of like uh you know well, you know where I'm 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 helping out here and there I'm just you know doing a thing um did it did it do you ever like when did you feel the scope of it Um when the intern uh, group definitely uh that that was a part of it and also, I don't know, I've, I've been fortunate to work. I really love being a part of a team and I've been fortunate to work with a number of great teams over the years. And this felt like that. It felt like I was a part of something that was, you know, bigger than the sum of its parts kind of thing. And, uh, you know, and just hearing from the interns about how they were using uh, this internship with Rob as a podcast on resumes and applying for you know, internships for the summertime when they weren't in college and, and they were getting doors open because that's a, such a unique item on their, uh, on their resume. So, and, and to me, it was like, yeah, this is, this, this is really something. And I don't know, just my, I, I love technology. I love production. 
um, long before I knew of uh, Rob as a podcaster or, or podcast in general, I'd be going down to LA. Anyhow, I had family that lived there for a while, so that was part of it. But I, I love going to watch TV shows being uh, produced and uh, go on tours uh, on the uh, studio lots and that type of thing. So I've always loved this stuff. So it's just a passion of mine that I've had for a long time. Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever did you ever like uh, think that you would be on a podcast that you would ever like be uh, somebody that's on air? Definitely not. Definitely. And the whole way through, uh, I it seemed like some of the interns, they wanted to try to get on on the air a lot or try, you know, sort of get their their face out there. And I was uh, doing everything I could to not have my face be shown. I when my picture shows up in that little corner in the in the box accidentally sometimes I'm the first person messaging Rob going uh switch that camera angle please because <laughs> there's a setting as you know called cameraman yeah. and you have to you know select the different options so I, and I know you guys like it like we you know for when it's the LFC it makes sense then right mm-hmm. but I think uh, for myself uh when I'm when I'm supposed to be behind the scenes I should remain behind the scenes for that <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, um, so like, I mean, now you do, uh, you have been on, you know, some patron casts, you uh, certainly a, a huge part of the community now. Uh, like, d- did you ever anticipate that it would become like this, this big part of your life? I didn't anticipate it, but I welcome it, I guess. Um, like before this, I I coached a lot of track. And it took up uh, many, many hours of, of my day and my year. And so really, uh, this has sort of become that, uh, replaced that passion in my life. So uh, while I didn't uh, expect it, I, I, I do welcome it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so tell me a little bit more about, uh, about yourself. Where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? Uh, my uh, my my family uh, are all in the military here in Canada, so uh, we lived all over Canada and Europe. And so I, I was born in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, Canada, and then moved around from there uh, to Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, Kingston, Ontario, Kippenheim, West Germany, Lar, West Germany. This is back before it was Germany, and uh, back to Kingston to. Uh, Portage de Prairie, Manitoba, which is a small town outside of Winnipeg, then to just outside of Toronto, and then uh, then sort of more high school days and 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 uh, formative days that way. And I spent in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, which is why I, uh, I you know wanted Kirsten to get on to uh, Big Brother so badly. Mm. Uh, but um, but yeah, then then I moved here to Saskatoon to go to university, and you know life just took over from there. I've lived. I, don't know, I lived in Ottawa a bit again as an adult, and I lived in Vancouver a bit as an adult. But for the most part, it's uh, it's been based here out of Saskatoon. So you were really like moving all over the place as a kid. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I can sleep anywhere, anytime. <laughs> so we'll see. I I moved around a lot as a kid as well, but I'm the, I'm still the complete opposite. Where I can't sleep anywhere. Uh, I just I'm very good at like creating my own environment in every space that I go to, but I'm very bad at sleeping in wow. in foreign environments. That's crazy. I, I'll, uh, uh, this is going to sound terrible or hopefully funny. I, uh, sometimes, uh, when I, uh, when I'm working late on podcasts and I'm just getting a little tired, I will just, uh, lean back in my office chair here and, and have a little cat nap. So I, I wish I could do that. I wish yeah. I could sleep on planes. 
uh, oh, yeah. trains, automobiles, but uh, nothing put, works. Put me on a plane. I can't even stay awake. It's terrible. <laughs> so I, I'm so jealous. It's like having time travel uh, to be able to sleep on, on planes. Oh, it's it's crazy. I'll be on the plane and then uh, leaving Saskatoon, of course, if we're going to the States somewhere, often it's to uh, Minneapolis. So boom, I'm in Minneapolis because the plane leaves here at like six in the morning. So uh, definitely I'm sleeping to, all the way to there. And then uh, usually I can get in a good nap to, all the way down to Dallas, say, if I'm visiting my family down there. Uh, not, not a problem. It's not fair. So it's uh, like I, I just wake up and I'm in another uh, country. Was it hard, though, as a kid having to, to move around so much? Did you have that sort of, you know, sense of, you know, like, where is home? You know, was it hard to make friends and stuff like that? You learn to make friends really quickly, actually. So and, and I think that's uh, served me well in my life is that uh, – when I moved like, in school uh, here, at least in Saskatoon, you only usually work in a school for a, a few years, like say, you know, five years or so. And then they'll move you to a new school for a, another experience and a fresh start and that type of thing. And I've always uh, just, you know, all my coworkers tend to be, you know, we've become friends, that type of thing. So, so that's that worked out uh, really, really well for me. But another part in my life was the sort of, I still had that base of um, my grandparents. So my grandparents were very instrumental in my, uh, in, in sort of raising me as well as my parents. And so they were all for the most part, uh, most of my life based here in Saskatoon. And so I always had that grounding. Uh, I spent a lot of my summers here. I would, uh, whenever we would move, my mother gets a little high strung. And so we would, I'd have to, uh, Basically, my dad would move me to my grandparents while they were moving from one location to the next. And then I would catch up to them afterwards from from here in Saskatoon. Oh, man, I, I wish I could have done that when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> I always say I hated moving so much, uh, like having to because for me, like I like I lived with my mom and my sister. So it was basically like, even as a young child, it was like, re every, everyone was relying on me to move everything. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I always hated it. I always like, I did everything I could to avoid being around. Uh, oh man, we're moving that day. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Cause I'm, I don't know. I'm a kid. I don't have things to go to, but I don't know. For sure. Well, my mom's pretty particular. So she wanted to pack everything. And being a part of the armed forces, they paid for the moving. So, but my mother still wanted to pack everything herself. And so basically she just had to pack up all the things she wanted to. And then the movers would come in, take it, put it on the truck. Off we go. There you go. Yeah. Um, was it, uh, was it weird having parents that were in the military? They were, they were both in the military? Just my, my dad was in the military. Okay. And, but my dad, my uncle, I've got a cousin still in the military, my grandfather, uh, all in the military. Uh, it didn't really affect me too much, at, you know, at home. It's not like um, it's not like my dad was a soldier. He was a cook and then became a food service administrator uh, in, in later years. So really uh, not not the same kind of thing, probably, as if uh, someone who was actually, you know, you know, marching and with guns and that type of thing for a lot. So we when we lived in Germany, my father would always say how much he loved going on what they call exercise, going on exercise where they would just basically be practicing for if anything goes wrong and they needed to defend like NATO, uh, you know, personnel type of thing. But my dad's role when they would go on exercise was to get up, make everyone breakfast, drink a little coffee. They'd go off and do their thing, then make lunch. They'd come back, have lunch, then, you know, have more coffee in the afternoon, make dinner. So he, he really enjoyed, uh, it was like camping for him. Huh, sounds like a nice gig. Yeah, not bad. Uh, did you ever, did you feel like, uh, like, 
Did you ever consider joining the military yourself, having a, a long line of uh, military people? I'm I'm not so good with authority, I guess. So <laughs> probably <laughs> uh, probably not uh, not the greatest thing for me. I did do uh, army cadets, and that was that was fun. Uh, but I gave that up when we moved. Uh, what happens is like I, we lived in a place outside of Toronto called uh, Borden, Ontario, and it's one of the training bases here in Canada. So we our, our instructors were were real instructors and they and we got to drive tanks and shoot big guns and little guns and and uh, all these types of things that really, you know, we got to repel I know off a building and all this kind of stuff. So we got to do real, real actual action. And uh, then when we moved to Calgary, it was run by people, nice people, but they weren't, they were sort of like pretending to me, but they weren't military all the time. They were just uh, military for the purposes of the, uh, of, of the cadet group. And you could just tell the difference. It, and it was a lot smaller too. Didn't get as many choices in, in what you wanted to do. I, I had already uh, specialized in communications, oddly enough, considering what we're talking about too, or how we got to know each other, Taryn. And, and that's so, uh, and then when I got to uh, Calgary, those options were not there. It was like, this is what everyone's doing. This is what you do. And it's like, ah, I did that basic stuff already. And I was already specialized and, and that option wasn't there. So I gave that up. Yeah. Uh, Did you, at the time though, did you feel like that was maybe a path that you were going to head down or? No, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I know that if I did it, it would only be for the benefits of uh, having a, you know, university paid for. I don't come from a very well-off family, so uh, definitely uh, anything to help pay for university. Plus, nobody in my family to this point had uh, graduated from university. I had a, my grandfather had gone for two years before World War II uh, broke out, sort of thing. Uh, but uh, but no one else, uh, no one had graduated from uh, university, and, and my grandfather was the only one who had ever stepped into a like, class at a university. So, uh, getting sort of, I would just use it just to, as a as stepping stone to uh, something else. Then, yeah. Um, so was was like was family a big part of your life? Uh, were you very close to them, or uh, did you have sort of your own thing going on? Um, I gotta say that uh, I'm, I'm an only child. And so, um, probably for the most part, I like, there was a, definitely my family was important because my grandparents, like I said, were involved in my life, but there was definitely a time in my life that, um, that I was not as involved with family. Uh, my, uh, um, my like track and field took over my life and I would be coaching for three hours a day, having meetings on top of that and, uh, and then planning and prepping for the next practice sort of thing. And that would um, be on top of a, either when I was in school or, or when I was working and, and that is definitely, there would be family weddings, but I'd have a track meet I had to have to go to. So I would skip that. But um, I mean, things changed when um, my father's father, my other grandfather, not the one that was in the armed forces, but when he passed away, and my, my father's not a really big talker, but the we had a big, of course, uh, family gathering after the uh, funeral. And uh, it was a barbecue at one of my cousin's houses. And, you know, he took me aside and said, you know, Scott, I'd like to I'd like to see more. I'd like to be more part of my life. And I think a big part of that was because, you know, he had just lost his father. And so. Um, so, yeah, from that point on, I, I made a concerted effort to uh, to be a part of his life uh, more as well as the um, uh, rest of my family, like the, uh, all my cousins and that type of thing too, to go visit them and get, to get to know them a lot better than, than when I was, uh, you know, knew them when I was 15 years old sort of thing. Yeah. Have you, uh, is that like a decision that you really appreciate now? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, some of my best friends are my cousins now. 
um the the one in chicago i, I you know you've heard me speak of uh going to Chicago with my family there. He's a very close friend and his wife and they have four kids. And and so I like being a part of their lives uh, for sure. I have a cousin out in Ontario that I'm really close to. And then I have uh, twin cousins in uh, in Dallas that I'm really close to as well. And even the ones I'm not as close to, I still, whenever there's a, an event, a family event going on, I still want to make sure that, that, that I, uh, that I'm a part of it. You talked about, uh, about track, like uh, when did you get into to track and fields? Uh, when I was in grade nine, I, I got into track and field, my volleyball coach and you've met me, I'm not that tall. So volleyball definitely wasn't, uh, going to be a future for me, but, um, but yeah, my, my volleyball coach was also the track coach and I wasn't that big of a runner, wasn't into running so much, but, but he introduced me to hurdles and that was just so much fun. And it just sort of went from there that I would, uh, that I've, you know, continued on that through, uh, through high school and into university. And then. Um, from there, I, I didn't continue uh, racing myself uh, that long. I had to work to go to university. As I mentioned, you know, money was uh, short and, and that. But I continued to uh, help out coach. After a couple of years, I got asked to come out and help coach. Coached at a uh, high school here in town and then coached for a club. Then started coaching provincial teams. And then uh, then I got the opportunity to uh, to coach for the national program and be an event chair uh, for Athletics Canada as well. So that that was a big part of my life. And then our university coach here in Saskatoon was retiring. So again, Ivan, the person I mentioned before, my best friend and I, we got asked to take over running the university team. So we did that for a while as well. To, uh, so it was fun to uh, lead the team that we were assistant coaches on for many years and uh, and lead it. Uh, we, we had won some national championships as assistant coaches, and then we actually uh, were able to win a few as, uh, as the head coaches of the team too. So it was fun. Is, is that something that you're drawn to, like coaching and teaching, um, like being able to uh, like uh, like teach people or, or mentor people? Is that something that you uh, you really enjoy? Definitely, I do. And, um, you know, uh, you, I think you've seen a few of them. Like if uh, we're going to do a new process uh, for the podcast, I'll, I'll make an instructional video and send it out to people. This is how you, you know, use Audacity. This is how you can edit in it. This is this is how you log on to whatever platform we're going to we're going to use that type of thing. I, I think you're going to have to start making some to show us all how to use, uh, you know, Wirecast, that type <laughs> of thing, because uh, I've hardly seen it. But but, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, do, do you like, what do you, what is it about that? Do you think uh, draws you to it? Like how, like what is it that really uh, makes you enjoy it? I think it's just, you know, uh, I, I'm a bit of a people pleaser um, and I don't really enjoy conflict, although I can do it uh, unfortunately uh, <laughs> and be successful at uh, getting accomplished what needs to be accomplished in some parts of my life uh, but uh definitely uh, if i had my choice it's uh, i want everyone to be happy and successful and so i think that's a big part of it is to be able to be a part of helping someone be successful when have uh when have you had to deal with conflict um when i have to deal with conflict i, I think uh I deal with it when uh, I get parent calls, for example, at work with, uh, with uh, complaints about, uh, you know, things, teachers coming, uh, if they've got some concerns about a student and they get frustrated and, and that. So, and sometimes, you know, you need to take a side, uh, that type of thing. Um, dealing with the schools, uh, deal with schools in terms of registration and they really want their students into our online classes, but I need to be able to protect our online teachers to a certain extent when uh, they can only 
effectively teach so many students, even though it's online. But if you want quality feedback for those students, they can only have so many students, but the schools still want those opportunities for their for their students to come into our classes. And so I have to sort of uh, stand up to them. And I think, you know, the biggest one is at, at track meets, uh, since I haven't been uh, coaching for quite a while now, but we still run uh, a lot of track meets here in town. And uh, yeah, there'll be, you know, like any sport, uh, so there'll be uh, some irate coaches sometimes and you got to talk them off the off the ledge. Yeah. Um, are there any uh, like particular students that you uh, that you like grew attached to or that you felt like, uh, you know, you have any looks like uh, sappy teacher stories that like you made a difference <laughs> in a kid's life? Um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's really something to uh, even I guess. Well, first thing that comes to mind is being at a concert and and one of my uh, students that I taught. Uh, I taught middle school for a while before I moved into high school. And one of those middle school, middle school students then, you know, this is like 10 years later and he's a young adult and we're at a concert and and, you know, he's, you know, had a few uh, beverages. But he's like, you're the you're my favorite teacher ever, you know. Uh, might have been the alcohol talking, but uh, yeah, but still, it's it's nice. Just as much as uh, you and Rob and everyone saying thank you to me, it's still it's still kind of nice. And um, a couple of years ago, though, I, I made this video uh, for our school opening, where uh, so like we have twenty five hundred teachers in our school division, and and they all come into the same sort of a, this amphitheater uh, at the beginning of the school year, sort of a rah rah gonna get the year started off thing and i had made this five minute video and it included seven students who had been out of high school for 10 years of that time and even though it wasn't uh from um they weren't talking about me but but each one of them recounted a story about a teacher and they weren't asked to talk about a teacher all they were asked to talk about was what made a difference to you in from high school in your in your life now 10 years later and uh a lot of people thought they would say oh this special program that special program was a big influence on my life, but every single one of them said, well, you know, there's this one teacher and, and they gave me a break or they helped me in this way, or they, 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 uh, sort of took that extra step, that extra, uh, gave me that extra opportunity. And, um, and that, so I think, uh, that was very meaningful, like for our whole school division, uh, for all the teachers and, and to know that uh, when you do make those attempts to help somebody that it does make a difference in their lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um it's it's funny cuz uh like I I talked to Jordan on on the Terrence show a while yeah. ago and he's he's you know aspiring to be a teacher and uh you know you're here like this you know you've you've taught for so long it's sort of like the different ends of the spectrum. For sure, for sure. And uh you know I haven't talked to Jordan that much uh, in in the last while of course, but every time uh you know uh, Ian Terry's on cuz Ian's also a teacher and so we do end up uh before the show uh, not talking about uh big brother, but end up talking about teaching and, and how things are going for him and, and uh, recounting a few stories back and forth. Yeah, that's, it's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, like, if people realize just how often, like before a podcast, uh, you know, it's, it's Rob's usually, you know, doing something that's making us late. Oh, uh, yes. and then, uh, and then it's just, you know, it's just Scott hanging out with, uh, with whoever the guest is. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's true. And then when it's you and me, we're just not even talking because we're both just kind of getting ready. Yeah, <laughs> so, so we don't even talk. Yeah, so. uh, right, we're good, good, good. Okay, anyway, yeah. I'm trying to get questions off Twitter right now. Thanks. Well, it's also because it's also like uh, it's hard to have a conversation before the podcast because it's like you you know that as soon as you get into like an actual question and an actual answer, like Rob is going to come back and be like, "Okay, guys, 
<laughs> and like interrupts and then it's like all right we're just gonna drop whatever we were saying before yeah for sure <laughs> um uh have did, have you have you ever had any like uh like stranger awkward interactions with uh with with guests before the show um that's that's a good question i um it's it's all been pretty good uh the, the more was uh I think maybe sometimes I, if early on, I was, I'd be a little starstruck. I'm, I'm sure I know actually you've, you early on too had a few experiences like that too, where, you know, there's the, you know, oh, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Andrea's and so Andrea's on. And, and so it's like a little, it's like, or uh, Sophie as well, a big fan of hers so when she was on and I'm trying to think of a few others uh, that's, uh, that have been guests and it's like, and I'm a big fan of theirs. So I have a hard time speaking, you know, that type of thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I remember that you were a, a big April Lewis fan. April Lewis um, yeah. uh, from way back. Right. Cause there's of course, um, you know, honestly, I'm not as in this, I hope this doesn't upset any of the listeners, but I'm not as into big brother as I used to be. I'm still into it. Don't worry. But I used to be like, you know, fanatic about it. And of course back that's when uh, April Lewis, like when those seasons were on, uh, so definitely when she was going to be a guest to me, this was like, like a legend in my eyes, right? Like this is a true legend. So I do believe since I kind of control what the writing is on the website, she, you know, I did refer to her as a, as a big brother legend, <laughs> even though he, other people may not agree with me, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, did you have, did you ever consider applying for big brother yourself? Uh, well, it didn't exist in Canada until recently. Right. Um, right. And uh, you know, I didn't think about applying for it here, but, and Rob's asked me this question, you know, uh, often when we're chatting and the one I would apply for, even though it's not, it's the least popular of the big three is, uh, is the amazing race. I think that, uh, especially cause I've lived all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'd probably want to do it uh, with my best friend, uh, cause he's had a lot of uh, travel experiences as well. And and so I, th- I think we do really well because we do have a shorthand between us as well. And we, because we organize track meets together, we ran that track team together. We've done, we do, we've done a lot of tasks together where there is stress involved that we, we, we can, we know how to deal with each other in stressful situations. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, Amazing Race gives you the best odds to win, yeah. right? Like there's the fewest amount, like there's what, like 10 to 12 teams usually. Yeah. Uh, something like that versus you know 18 to 20 players on survivor you know 16 on big brother and, uh, and, and you then, have a ride or die like it's there's no they're not jumping ship on you right? so. <laughs> yeah um and like if you're if you're a, a good traveler and you can be good in the the challenges then uh you know that that eliminate half of the teams because they're never going to make it right uh you know this could 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 make it work yeah it's uh one of my first uh national team camps uh, it was we were in California, actually, and we were staying uh, in Irvine and we needed to drive up to uh, to Long Beach to train every day. And uh, I was just I was one of the drivers. I just volunteered to be one of the drivers and the head coach uh, of the time and uh, my master coach, actually, in our coaching certification uh, stuff. Uh, he uh, he's he said, you just got us here 20 minutes, 20 minutes faster than we've ever gotten here before. You know, you're driving all the time now. You are now our official driver. So, yeah, uh, navigating uh, to me is uh, is just uh, second nature. Yeah. Uh, and you uh, you certainly deal with a lot of different personalities being a part of the podcast. How has that been? Have you ever had any like. Uh, uh, like weird, uh, you know, like, I mean, obviously between the podcast hosts, the guests, uh, dealing with people like, uh, you know, uh, Scott, this is messed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. this what's, what's, what's going on here, Scott? Uh, <laughs> does, does that ever get annoying? 
Well, you know, um, I think that, uh, again, because I'm a, I want everyone to be happy. I, whenever something goes wrong, I'm not happy about it. Like, but I'm not happy with myself, you know? And uh, so anytime that I'm unhappy about things like that, it's, it's towards me because it's usually something that I had control of. Or sometimes though it is, it gets a little frustrating when it's something that's completely out of our control. Like if it's uh, one of our uh, hosts, like the, the, the one of the you know spots that host our shows, or if it's uh, you know iTunes themselves, and they're just it's just out of our control. Then uh, you know, then that's uh, that that gets a little frustrating, I guess. Um, but I think that because uh, this is you know I'm into my sixth year here, uh, that um, that I know how to troubleshoot better. And even like, again, it relates to the track meets too, where we've done them so often, we kind of, when, when something, certain things happen, we, we know how to jump and fix it right away. So for example, when I messed up uh, just uh, what, two days ago and the wrong, the day old morning oh, yeah. update went out instead of the current day's morning update, as soon as uh, you told me, I went, I know exactly what I did wrong and uh, let me try and fix it. And I tried to fix it and it didn't work. And then, okay, plan B do plan B, no problem, because I had a plan B already. So it, didn't, it wasn't like I had to think really hard about what to do. I just, you know, just had to find a few moments to be able to get it done during the day. Yeah, and it uh, like that's not only is it is it difficult to uh, to do that kind of work uh, in general, but also I know for me, uh, like I just I get stressed out even just dealing with the Taryn show. Like every every single time I release this podcast, I and and I like uh, I I just. I have a heart attack because I, I'm like, did I forget to edit something out? Did right. I did I mess up somewhere? Did I uh, is it going to sound bad? Uh, did did I did I leave in the part after the podcast where they were like, oh, we're off the air right now, right? Uh, like, oh, I'm I'm always so nervous that I mess something up, and, and so I can't imagine like you deal with basically everything that comes in and out, uh, having to uh, to worry about like, oh man, I, I hope I didn't miss anything. Oh, for sure. Then uh, just this morning. Uh, I'll share a story just from this morning, how to, on my end of things, how things work, right? The Thursday morning uh, update, uh, you and, and Matt, and it's it's a bit longer, of course, because we don't have a show on Wednesday night because it would conflict with uh, Survivor and the know-it-alls. And so you kind of, basically you do a much longer show on the Thursday morning. So, and the way that we're uh, sending it out to both uh, YouTube and to Facebook at the same time, you're using a different uh, a different uh, process mm -hmm. and that process then in youtube's world takes longer to to compile so that it, it takes longer than for me to be able to take it uh take that file off of youtube so i can strip the audio and create a, a podcast and again that's for those people who are podcasters out there you're gonna go oh that's a terrible way to get your audio and it's not the best but we, we want uh we wanted to get it out as quickly as possible and that is the quickest way for us and so but this morning I'm waiting, I'm waiting, but I've got a meeting for work I've got to get to and I'm, I'm trying to get this thing done and I couldn't. And then I had the wrong computer with me to be able to kind of during a break do it. And so I ended up, uh, so this morning for if anyone's out there listening and wondering, that's why there's no uh, intro music. <laughs> at that point i just have to do what i can to get that audio out to the people because you know the, the eviction shows tonight and people need to hear about what went on last night early you know we have to get out there early enough so they'll actually listen to it because there'll be a point in the day that it will become useless right because mm -hmm. if once the show episode starts tonight well then what went on earlier than last night won't matter to them right so uh so it's definitely uh de definitely some stressful moments 
Yeah, there there are very few of those updates that are uh, they're long lasting. Like uh, you know, we yeah. did we did one on Monday that was I think I, we can still refer back to it as like this is what changed the house. But yes. even now, like a few days later, like things have changed after that. So uh, yeah, that's that's why we do it the way we do. You know, trying to get it out as, as in as many places as possible as uh, soon as possible. Absolutely, totally, totally. But uh, you know, in terms of frustrations, I guess. Uh, um, you know, there were some definitely some growing pains in terms of uh, with with you guys, not you personally, of course, but with hosts and that to to taper their uh, expectations sometimes on how quickly we can get material out, and also just making some choices on what's the point of releasing five podcasts right now. You know, people aren't going to listen to three of them, but uh, so maybe waiting half a day or a day to release the next at least one, especially when it's it's already two, three days after the episode anyhow. So waiting a little bit longer where there's going to be a window of opportunity for people with nothing to listen to that they could listen to that podcast, but uh, just sort of getting a, and also just, you know, sometimes I need to sleep. I know it's people don't believe that, but, uh, but sometimes I do. I never know when, when you're asleep because I can send you things like super late in the yeah. night and you're still responding. There's never a time when like Scott is not, unless like, I feel like the, the few times that I don't get an immediate response are like, uh, like when I actually am like, Oh Scott, something's not working. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Then that's just the irony of my, my bad yeah. luck in my life is, uh, you know, and I'll wake up and I'll look at my wa- like look at my phone and Taryn's like, Scott, the, the blah, blah, blah. And it's my fault, too. And I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> can I swear on this show? I'm just like, yeah, Fuck, this. That, oh, I forgot to do that, you know, or or the that misschedule thing that is not you know, we have no idea why that happens every once in a while but i'll i'll plan out like right now for those morning shows is uh you know taryn knows because he sees the back end uh is you know i've i've set out the whole week right but then all mm-hmm. of a sudden the, the the website will just decide to to go misschedule and we get no warning or anything it just doesn't appear right the the post just doesn't appear and if i don't go and check it uh on a you know at some point then i would never know so now i've become paranoid and have to check every every day to make sure oh it's past the time that i set for it to show up on the website is it there yet yeah that's that's like that's one of the things that happens and like some yeah sometimes the post won't show up uh and you know sometimes other things don't work i feel like uh liana thinks she's cursed because uh, like every liana saturday the post (laughs) (laughs) the post doesn't show up (laughs) um but yeah and that's what i mean like the the stress of that must be so uh so crazy because like the for me the thought of like oh shit like uh something didn't work people were relying on me and uh you know i dropped the ball which is inevitable it's going to happen plenty of times if you are the person responsible and you've got so many different things you're doing like uh there's always going to be, you know, something that goes wrong. Uh, but like, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. I hate that feeling oh, of like, no, it. no, it's my fault. Yes. Uh. And the whole world can see, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're waiting to hear Taryn. And no, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, in my life though, like if I bring it back to track and field again, um, you know, I was 21 years old. Um, I had been coaching in a high school, but uh, all of a sudden one of the clubs, uh, established club in town asked me to come out and be a coach with them. Within six months, I was the head coach of that club. I just have a tendency of taking over. So, so it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's been my kind of my, uh, my way all the way along in my life is that I get involved with something that I kind of just end up taking over. Yeah. So. Is that is that something that like you feel is just part of your personality? Like yeah. you just like to uh, 
like be on top of things, control things? Uh, maybe, maybe. Again, teachers are uh, are definitely, uh, you know, control freaks. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> uh, so I do like to think that in my in my old age now that I've uh, I've re- and I have like I know in my teaching I'm I'm way less uh, like I've got to have total control and because uh, I've also learned about how it's really important for the students to be in charge of their own learning and that and so you need to step back and and get out of their way sometimes. Yeah. Um, so uh, do have there have there been moments where you have like wanted more control or how you felt like uh, like you've disagreed with the the direction of uh, a podcast or a you know whatever uh, like uh, like uh, how much how much input do you try to have in those sorts of things and have there ever been moments where you've uh, diverted from the, uh, the the popular opinion? Mm. I don't think so. I, you know, uh, Rob and I see eye to eye, and I think that's also what helps is that uh, because we do see eye to eye on things so much that um, that if he's not available or if I'm just doing a routine item, I I can uh, sort of you know make a decision, shall we say, and and he's going to be okay with it. Uh, I don't make I, like if there's something that I don't think I should be uh, making a decision on, I will wait for Rob for sure. But uh, we're also in pretty close contact with each other. Just, you know, I'm sure for you too, you can, you, you and I, we both can get a hold of Rob pretty easy. And so, and he's really responsive. And so if, if there's a necessity for us to talk about something, we, we definitely do, but no, I, uh, uh, lots of times actually it's the complete opposite. I'll be like, I, I don't care. Do what do you want to do? I don't care. What do you want to do? I don't care. What was the most, Oh, just like a silly thing. Like we were talking about you, you were and then a little behind the scenes thing about uh, the Taryn and, and his work. Of course, you got that wonderful new, uh, intro for the morning show. And you know, I was saying, Hey, you want to send me a copy of that? Then I'll put it on the show every morning. And you were concerned about, um, you know, about uh, it being overplayed and people getting sick of it. And I'm like, hey, cool, like whatever you want to do. And then you sent it to me. So that at that point, I assumed you wanted it on every day. Yeah. Um, I talked to Rob about it, too. He's like, he got his opinion and you probably did too. And uh, individually, and he said, oh, why not? Like, why not put it on? But then, um, but then he, you know, is at the end of the show, should we have it every at the end of every show or not? And I'm like, I don't care. What do you want to do? I don't know. I don't care. I don't. What do you want to do? And <laughs> it's very much, uh, you know, it's like often we get into that sort of situation. Like whatever you think. No, no. Whatever you think. No, no, no. Whatever you think. It's, uh, you know. Anyhow, I'll stop babbling. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, and that, yeah. Like uh, it's it is weird. Like I don't know how uh, how people imagine these decisions get made, but yeah. Like when I was. Thinking about the the theme song for the the daily update, because um, it's like uh, it's like forty seconds long, and usually the intro, like even the the intro for this podcast is like what like twenty seconds long, yeah, um, and then the the show starts, and I was like, for a daily podcast, to have a forty five second long intro, like uh, surely people will get sick of it. But then I was then I just figured like whatever it's a fun song people are asking for it if they get sick of it we can stop <laughs> yeah if we start getting some feedback and we are i think we're we're all like in that boat uh you know yourself uh, rob and myself uh, you know we listen to feedback and uh again that comes from the teaching too it's called formative assessment and you uh you do things you get information from your learners in this case it's our audience we get information from our audience and we respond to need right so if that's not what they need anymore, then we need to switch that up. But for now, I and actually, I really like I, I really like that uh, intro. There are some of those intros that I'm putting on to shows, uh, which is great. They have their own, their own unique intros, but I, I don't I'm not a big fan of all of them. Yeah, <laughs> but I do it. Put them on. <laughs> you know, if you say uh-huh. so. Yeah. Host no, why. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, to, to, like, uh, talk to me more, more about the, that, the, the idea of like the criticism, because, um, I know that's something that we all, uh, deal with, you know, doing the podcast. Um, I know like for me, uh, I, uh, like I, I do my best to read, uh, between the, the lines when it comes to criticism. Like if somebody like just flat out says something that's critical, I usually just, uh, I'm usually like, okay good for you um, <laughs> but like if i hear if i hear a lot of like positive things about something and not a lot of positive things about another thing that's what tells me that like okay there's something that i can do to uh you know to try to improve this um because like there's always going to be like one or two people that are going to complain about something mm-hmm. um and like if it's if it's overwhelming like everybody's complaining about it obviously i would do something about that but um you know i i mostly try to like focus on the positive stuff but i know that like everybody who does podcasting or even it's on on the show like anybody that deals with a large amount of feedback um you sort of have to have your own way of uh interpreting it and sort of like coping with it and and all that like what do you what do you do generally Definitely, um, definitely. We, I think, you know, we've all been in that situation where you you could take a few comments and let them get to you, mm-hmm. uh, and so you do need to look at the bigger picture, and because you can't please everybody. And I know even uh, okay. So again, I'm going to talk about track again. But uh, so we're making a schedule for every track meet. We make a schedule, and the because well, there'll be like. 10 different age categories and there's 15 different events there's and there's certain people are going to have some different combinations of events they want to do the schedule is not going to work out for everybody so there's always going to be someone that's going to complain and and you just have to you know listen to their to their complaints and you know try to improve every time but but we just can't let it get to you too much but um how do we uh deal with it Am I going to get in trouble for saying this? You know, we can bitch between each other uh, at, the, <laughs> at the beginning of a live show before it goes live uh, and or at the end or when we do, you know, our weekly calls with with Rob or whatever. But uh, sort of, you know, just sort of uh, uh, just get it off our chest sort of thing and then move forward. But definitely even even if, uh, you know, we're sort of saying, why is this like, well, how can they say that? We still need to listen to what they have to say and consider what they have to say. They, they may not get their way, but we, we definitely, I think uh, it's just a matter of, cons- of, of listening and, and considering the, the thought. I mean, it's the same as uh, why is Rob's show so, uh, uh, so successful? Well, you know, a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons is because he does have a very interactive show. And so that's a big part of it, too, is listening to your audience, whether it's the, how they ask questions they're asking during the show or the feedback that they're giving after the show. Um, have you ever gotten like, like really, uh, obviously you're, you're not like, you know, as, as public facing, but has anyone ever like come at you for something? No, no, no. Uh, people like they'll, uh, let me know. And I actually, uh, I appreciate it. Um, and I've even mentioned it a few times, uh, in the Facebook groups too. It, I can't follow every comment in the Facebook group. So uh, if someone's putting, you know, comments about there's a technical glitch with a show, if they don't tag me then I, I, I may not see it. So, so I do appreciate actually when people tag me uh, it, when they're, when they're mentioning uh, there's an issue. So then I can, um, then I respond to it and I, and I'm like, I, as soon as I can get to it, I want to fix it. And, Cause uh, again, I get upset about it uh, f- for, to myself because of like, what, what did I do wrong now? And, and that's so uh, definitely want to make it right. But uh, no, you know, and then, the, and then people are always like, Oh, thank you so much. Didn't mean, don't, don't mean to bug you. And I'm just like, yeah, you're not bugging me. I re- I appreciate knowing 
actually. I'm exact. It's the exact opposite. I, I want to know when there's a problem so I can fix it. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's another part of it. Uh, like the the Rob is a podcast community has really grown yes. uh, over the years. Um, how involved are you in the community? Uh, like like do you uh, do you have you met friends? Do you like know people well? Like how involved do you uh, do you make yourself? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I consider, I consider you all to be my friends, you know, I can say that, but, uh, I guess, but, um, you know, you get to talking with some people sometimes and, and it's also a matter of time too, when you, when I, when you can be online and that type of thing too, I, uh, there's times when I'm online more than other times, like more for like the social media side of things and, uh, get more involved with that. And sometimes, you know, between work and, and running track meets and, and editing, uh, sometimes I don't get the chance to do it, but, but yeah, I, I'd have to say that there are certain, uh, patrons that, uh, that, you know, that I've become closer to and some that I actually have spent time in real life, just like many of the patrons have done with each other. So, you know, you become friends, uh, you know, Jeremiah, for example, uh, has become a good friend, uh, and we've spent time together. Him and his wife, uh, uh have, uh, and I have uh, all spent time together, uh, we went to the Getty and we went actually to the podcast awards together last year because they've moved out to California and that type of thing. And, and when we were in Chicago, we spent a lot of time together as well. Um, I, I don't know if it's an age thing because we're closer in age, you know, and so we kind of you know, gravitated towards each other and that, but, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, spend, uh, spend some time with some people for sure. Well, uh, tell me more about your uh, your Chicago experience because uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, um, but that must have been uh, that must have been interesting. Well, um, it was I guess the whole time I I have a like I have a cousin who lives uh, in Evanston, which is just uh, the next sort of community uh, north of Chicago. You don't even notice you've left Chicago, right? The uh, the L goes out there and everything. So. Um, so I'm in Chicago quite a bit. So that whole time was kind of weird how I go from staying in a five-star hotel downtown uh, with Rob um, during this, during the conference. Cause we go to a, we often go to the, to a conference of um, podcasting. Uh, we get to learn some technical items. We get to more of the business side of things too. Uh, learn some things about that area uh, there. That was midweek. And then we hopped in a, a cab and went up to DePaul university to catch up with you guys. Uh, actually right away we did, didn't we? We went out for dinner uh, pretty quick after that. And, uh, but it was just so that, uh, juxtaposition of, uh, going from a five-star hotel to living in the dorms at DePaul <laughs> for a few days and then going up to my cousin's house, uh, which is like two blocks from the lake, um, up there. So it's just, uh, interesting stuff, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was interesting. You know, I got to meet you for the first time and, and, uh, only time so far actually in, in real life and that's, and, uh, you know, um, and of course, uh, I'd spent time with Rob already before, so I uh, knew him already and, and that type of thing, but uh, just got to know a lot of the other uh, hosts uh, because, you know, we had a whole bunch that were there. And uh, and that's, again, like I said, getting to know Jeremiah uh, and everything uh, was uh, that's when we did that as well. And Rachel, his wife and and uh, and that. So um, uh, it was just kind of kind of weird to all of a sudden, hey, can I have a picture with you? And it was just kind of. Oh, sure. I guess, uh, you know, I remember getting on the elevator later on to Rob and just turned to Rob and uh, I, I didn't know what he was thinking that I was thinking that I didn't like it or something. I mean, it's kind of weird, but, uh, it's, it's, it's very flattering. Um, but, uh, but I was like, why do they want their picture with me, Rob? And Rob just turned to me and said, Oh, I don't know why they want their picture with me either. So <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I guess, but, uh, it was also interesting to see, 
like Rob is a, you know, a bit of a, a of a, uh, well, I don't know if this is celebrity, the right word, what would be the right word? He's a, he, you know, he's definitely a personality, uh, uh, you know, person that's been on television and, and uh, done more and more work with CBS as, you know, uh, over the years and things like that too, even in the most recent years. Uh, so to, and just to see how people interact with him and, and uh, want uh, access, you know, we, uh, one thing we've learned a lot about, um, from these podcasting conferences too is that sometimes it's that's really what people want is access it's not necessarily more content but it's but it's access which is i think that's the success of uh like the whole patron group because you get more access then and the different the extra items that come with being a patron uh of uh, robba's podcast is uh is the access that you get with the uh with the with the monthly show uh, live uh, call in show and the and the weekly five for fives and the Facebook uh, Fridays or whatever day it ends up being th- those types of things and the and the the rap episodes also is a behind the scenes so that's giving you more access to uh, to Rob and and to uh, sort of the whole podcast in general. Uh, how many uh, like of the uh, RHAP podcast do you still like listen to uh, even <laughs> like because I know for me. <laughs> Uh, like doing so many podcasts, I listen to way less of them in general, <laughs> especially if you're editing them. Uh, I've all like, cause I know that you, uh, you were a listener. I don't know if you still listen, but you were certainly a listener of the, uh, Ninja Warrior podcast. Um, and, uh, it's, it's always, it's always, it's always weird to me. Like, do you listen to the podcast that you edit? Uh, is, is that a thing? Uh, less and less. Uh, absolutely. That's why I had to laugh because you're, you're right, right on the money there. It's that, uh, the more you edit them, the, the less you necessarily <laughs> listen to them. So when, so the ones that Rob edits, I listen to them, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. Uh, so, you know, he does the wiggle room. So I listen to that all the time. And, and, uh, I do the, uh, like I do the, the, uh, recap, the, the, what's well, now the Friday recap, right? Which he does in whatever interview on Thursday and it comes out by Friday. Uh, so I, I edit that one Thursday night. Um, uh, he does the, uh, feedback show. So I listen to that one. So I guess it's sort of the ones that Rob edits, uh, I listen to the ones that I edit myself. I kind of feel like I've heard it already. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know how, uh, how you feel about this being that you're an actual you know, professional in this area where I'm just some guy who came along with uh, some interest, but, um, I, sometimes I'm just looking at the waveform and I'm not even listening to the whole thing. Anyhow, you know, oh, yeah. oh there's a gap. I better figure out what's going on there. Oh, overlapping waveforms i better find out uh, if they were talking over top of each other if they're if it's not aligning anymore because sometimes you know especially with some of the processes we've used that we've used for a while and gotten away from because they stopped aligning mm-hmm. uh you know the two dif- the different uh, uh you know uh anyhow blah blah, blah Zen- zencaster with that infamous uh, yeah. audio drift yeah zencaster that uh yeah they said they fixed it but nope not really i don't believe them <laughs> not at all so we're back to some of the old old school ways of doing things but yeah i mean uh it's you know you you can't really listen uh all the way through to to every podcast i mean unless you're genuinely i guess listening to the podcast as a listener but even then like it's not the same as listening to a podcast as you normally would because you're you know you're sitting at a computer uh and you have to pay enough attention to catch when things are happening so often it's it's actually more effective to just uh you know scroll through um it's like when i when i you know do the Terran show 
Um, and I know Rob does this as well, but like, I'll make little markers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is uh this is an edit point. Um, and so I just, uh, I go through the markers and that's one of the reasons why I always get nervous when I, uh, when I release the podcast. Cause, uh, it's like, uh, I went through all my markers, but what if I missed, what if I didn't mark one of the things? What if there's something in there? Oh man. And a little behind the scenes there too. Rob says he's marked everything. Not always true. So I'll be <laughs> all of a sudden I'll be listening, going, "Oh God, he did not mean for that." And then I'll, you know, and I'll take that out, and then I'm going, "Well, I, now I have to listen to the whole thing because you know, because I don't know what else maybe got missed." Uh, maybe it makes me paranoid as well because uh, you know there have been times where again, you know, because this is the Taryn show and people tell secrets, right? Uh, so um, there was a time where you know Stephen wanted something cut out of a show, and Rob had reminded me like 16 times, and I still forgot. <sighs> and, uh, so Rob and you know Rob doesn't get really upset, but he could just tell that uh, wasn't too happy about my uh, my mix up there, mostly because he's a people pleaser too, and he didn't want Stephen to be upset with him, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, so I right away, I'm writing to Stephen. Stephen, it's my fault, and I took it out right away. And hopefully, only a few people heard it before I replaced the audio file. Uh, you know that type of thing. But uh, but yeah, so uh, definitely uh, definitely get nervous about those things, and and uh, the markers uh, definitely help, but sometimes they're not there. Uh, but how else do you get through this many shows? Like uh, just two weeks ago, we posted all of us together. Um, we ended up doing 32 shows in one week. You know, so uh, like how many hours is that? That's, you know, like at least an hour, right? For every show, every show, at least an hour. So that's, you know, probably 45, 50 hours of of, uh, of podcasting that that we uh, that we all produced between all of us. Yeah. And I, I listen to podcasts that put out one podcast a week yes. and they they have uh, errors every once in a while as well. Like, uh, you know, like leaving in, uh, you know, a, a stop down, like, oh, let me say that line again mm-hmm. or uh, or just like having silence in there or, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, like very professionally produced podcasts uh, have those mistakes. And, you know, you see the same thing, like uh, every once in a while, you'll notice in like a book, there's like a typo. Yeah, for sure. um, it's, it's the same sort of thing. You know, you, you can't you can't have everything uh fixed so what's the the uh, 99% visible is that what the podcast there's a podcast uh, yeah 99% invisible. invisible yeah so the guy that makes that one and i forget the name I'm ter- this is one of the reasons why i can never be on air is because i can never remember anyone's name he's uh it's, it's, i have that problem as well yeah uh, so i can't that, remember rowan mars is the yeah rowan mars yeah that's who it is uh so he was one of the keynotes at one of these conferences one time and he um he he got up there and was talking about their process they have a gigantic staff that that meticulously puts this this show together one hour a week and they have like a full full like full-time people working on Mm -hmm. this thing and i'm like well where like how do they how do they make enough money to be able to even do that because you know i I just don't see it but uh but yeah the they're big enough that they they have full-time staff and they that's all they do is one episode a week it's like they were making a tv show or something but it's crazy yeah well yeah and that's like uh the one podcast I never really have to worry too much about is uh, is the uh, first one out um, right. series because uh, like I uh, I send that to Josh and then he listens to the whole thing mm-hmm. like every time I send it to him uh, and and then's like okay here's the things we need to uh, to change and then I'll change those and then but even then. I, there, there was a first one out that I listened to and I was like, oh no, I missed this. Ah, oh, this sounds gross. For sure. But that, but it, it's, it's, I'm sure you experienced this too, where it's like, you can put so much work into something 
and then nobody says a word and yeah. or you can like you can have a podcast that you're like this sounds so bad right. people are going to be so mad at me and nobody says a word <laughs> absolutely uh the but the one the like last year's conference uh was in, in anaheim and actually rob didn't go to that one i went on my own and one of the sessions i went to was actually um um adam carolla's producer he was putting it on so so basically this guy plays the same kind of role that i play for rob and so it's kind of you know felt like a sort of a kinship to him uh, there and he talked about the fact that you know what i used to do i used to like meticulously go through the show and take these things out and do all these things but then i kind of slowly stopped doing that and no one cared yeah so no one, no one cared at all everyone exactly still thinks it. the show is the same kind of show so why was i putting in, in so much effort into things that really didn't matter to people Mm-hmm. you know and uh, actually rob and i like rob will talk to me about you know like let's let's uh make sure that we're putting our efforts into the things that matter and mm-hmm. less effort into some things that really just don't matter yeah like like even for the and i i hesitate to bring this up because i don't want to expose myself i don't want people <laughs> to be looking out for it but like uh for the taryn show on the adam podcast and then on the ready one uh like i had some serious audio glitches toward this, <laughs> the back half of those podcasts right uh i put a ton of work into minimizing them but they were still so obvious to me not not a single person has said a word to me about either one. i was sure people were going to be like i was like i do i have to cut this out of the podcast it sounds so bad right right um and then nobody nobody says anything. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you would if if you were to let me edit this one, because uh, by everyone, Taryn edits the Taryn show, uh, but um, he gets all the credit for that. But if you were to let me edit this one, I would probably go through it and be like, no, I mumbled, oh, I stuttered because <laughs> I know I do those things. Uh, so I would totally probably be, you know, oh, it'll be out in it'll be out in four days for you, Taryn, because I got to re-record, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a, there's a podcast I, I listened to where um, they uh, they one of the people was like shy about uh, contributing, mm-hmm. and um, and so they had uh, they hired a voice actor to come in and read <laughs> read lines over what because they like he the what happened like they they had recorded it with him and then he'd been like I don't want to I don't want to release this so they just had somebody else come in and read what he had said uh, out to, in the podcast it was uh, it was very funny uh, so if you want we can hire a, a very professional voice actor to come in and voice your part for the, this episode of the Taryn Show that sounds great let's let's make that happen but uh, <laughs> you know that, well in terms of leaving things in though like sometimes there'll be a few like comments right at the end and i always think that sounds actually kind of cool with the music comes up and you mm-hmm. sort of hear a little bit of the behind the scenes again having access again right so uh hearing a little bit of a behind the scenes as the uh and have that fade out as the music fades up i i've left a few things in i i do believe that that's where at the end of uh news af when uh tyson every week now goes we did it guys like originally that was after the show but I just kept leaving it in the show. And now he does it on purpose. He, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, we did it guys. He usually leaves too much of a space. So I, uh, I, every week I cut out the space and I move his, we did it guys closer to, to Rob's, uh, you know, farewell. The first time I like spoke on a podcast, I guess probably was with Jordan uh, when he did his hundredth uh, uh, episode special or whatever that was. I can't remember now. Um, uh, I think it was a hundred, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, so, you know, he interviewed a whole bunch of people and I was one of them and I was, I was petrified. I, uh, you know, to the point that I forgot to congratulate him on his hundredth episode, like <laughs> the whole point of the, of the podcast. Right. But uh, um, so I felt kind of bad about that, but, uh, but Hey, then he quit. So yeah. But, uh, <laughs> So that's all good. He won't listen to this, will he? Yeah. 
uh, uh, I, I don't know. He, he's he still makes fun of me for the name, uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much he listens. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> My fellow Canadian, though, so yes. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else that you uh, you feel like uh, might be uh, interesting to bring up? Um, I don't know if there's anything too interesting. Like I said to you, you must be getting really desperate at this point. Um, <laughs> I could tell you the like we were listening. I told you the story already, but I'll tell everyone else now. Um, you know, I'm in Chicago, and this is when the Terrence Show is just coming out last year, and visiting my cousin, and and we're driving along, and I'm playing a bit of the Brent interview because, of course, that was uh, one of your sort of uh, milestone interviews right off the get go. And uh, and telling him sort of giving a bit of a historical background to Brent and, you know, some of the experiences he's had since I knew of them already. Uh, and um, and he said to me, if they ever ask you, you're going to have to make shit up. You know, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, possibly. So it's either I can make some things up for you, Taryn, because I'm, I'm boring. Well, see, well, that's that's sort of, uh, you know, what I've what I've discovered in doing this podcast is that I feel like, um, you know, maybe it's not interesting to everyone but right. i feel like there's something interesting uh, that like ev- everybody i talk to has something interesting to to offer whether it's you know uh y- like uh, a crazy story like brent or just <laughs> like a, uh, a a a cool conversation where we uh where we chat and we the, there's something interesting about that too like uh, you know um and I'm, I'm sure there are podcast enthusiasts that are gonna like be like oh man this is so, such a great peek behind the scenes right but, uh, other people would be like, oh. yeah, and the, well, that's that's the great thing about the Taryn show is yeah. that uh, if you are the person that is like, uh, uh, you're not listening at this point. You you don't have to uh, listen to that's everyone. True. So all the things I've said lately don't won't matter. Only the first couple of minutes. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Uh, <laughs> you know, one thing that I'm that I'm fearful of with this is because uh, you know I I see behind the scenes, I see all the numbers, and if uh, so I'm going to be like. <laughs> Man, if I'm the lowest ranked uh, Terran show ever, I'm going to just be like, you know, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it really it, it surprises me. The the numbers uh, can be surprising sometimes. Um, but uh, I, I don't I don't I generally don't think it has to do with the quality of the interview. I think it's really just, uh, you know, which is totally fair. Like people just look at the name and they go, D- yeah. is this. Do I know this person? Uh, if not, probably I'm not going to listen. So. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, um, great having you on. This has been a lot of fun. Great. Thanks, Taryn. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Uh, I, I I knew I could never uh, have this podcast and not have a, uh, a Scott St. Pierre oh, interview well, at some point. Thank you. Thank you. That's very generous of you to say. That's for sure. Well, you, 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 you generally, you, uh, you are uh, such a, a big help in, uh, in everything that we do. Well, they know you make it easy, Taryn, and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure working with you as well. Um, you know, it's, especially you know you've you've uh, become more and more important to to the team and 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 that to to our work and and it hasn't gone to your head. That's really the key there too. Is that uh, you're still you're still the same great Taryn you were when you started. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. No um, all right. Well, uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so at the uh, you can find it uh, the Taryn Show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to, uh, as Scott talked about, the Reality TV Rehab Up feed, where you'll get this podcast and all of the Big Brother Canada coverage, all of the RuPaul's Drag Race coverage, and the Challenge and the Bachelor and Ninjas, all the Ninjas. Yes, yeah, so and now American Idol. Oh, American Idol as well. Yes, That's absolutely interesting. with Mike Bloom and, and uh, Angela Bloom. 
There you go. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like the Taryn show of podcast feeds. You can uh, pick <laughs> and choose which ones you want to listen to. But uh, if you download them all, that's great for us. <laughs> that's great for us. So please do download them all. Uh, make sure you play through all the ads on uh, YouTube. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's the business side of me coming out the, the back end again. Yes. Uh, so uh, make sure you do all that. Go to robisawebsite.com. You can uh, comment on the page there. You can tweet at us. I am at Armstrong Terrence. Scott, where can people find you? Uh, at Scott STP on most platforms. Yes. So if you ever want to complain about a tech problem, uh, you know where to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or Rob. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, cause people, people tweet at me and then, and then I tweet at you and I'm like, yeah. well, now I'm the one bugging Scott. Yeah, Why can't yeah. other people all, bug Scott? Why is Taryn bugging me all the time? Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you again, Scott, for, uh, for joining me. And thank you to all of the listeners, uh, all of you podcast enthusiasts, all five of you that made it all the way through. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, uh, I, I think, uh, I think, uh, people, especially the, like the true RHAP people. That's right. You're uh, not, if you don't hear this, actually, we should have a hashtag now to see if anyone made it to the end. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the, the true, true RHAP fans. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what's a good hashtag we can well, use for them? Let's just make it. Uh, hashtag uh, Scott STP S-C-O-T-T-S-T-P because that'll be very unique yes there you go alright well uh, yes is tweet at us uh, hashtag uh, Scott STP um, and thank you for joining us I'll see you next time Terrence asking questions Terrence finding out Terrence looking deeper what it's all about it's the terrorist show so you and me